Not too long ago, Silver Star City was the capital around the world for adventure. The cliffside city was bisected by a rushing river leading into a gleaming waterfall that flowed into the ocean, surrounded by a beautiful lush forest on all sides. It was a sight to behold. Aspiring heroes came far and wide to join guilds, form parties, and go on adventures for glory, fame, fortune, and whatever other reasons they may have had. They were adored by those who they protected and feared by those who opposed them. That all changed on the day those protectors failed this city. In a celestial clash between a trio of solars turned fallen idols called the Terminus and an adventuring party known as the Final Bastion, the city was demolished. Each side wrought devastating attacks that ripped their home asunder, focused only on destroying the other side for their cause. Final Bastion won, but the aftermath of the battle was a city in rubble, leaving everyone in this once great city with their homes obliterated and a hollow victory. Final Bastion fled the city, deciding that they did not want to be blamed for this destruction or at least be here when they had to face what they'd done. The people of what was once Silver Start City stood among the rubble of their home, feeling many things. Defeat. Despair. Betrayal. But they put that all aside for their first mission. They needed to rebuild their home. The community began this process, gathering whoever could help and trying their best to salvage what remained. Shelters and medical facilities were the first focus. Meanwhile, discoveries were being made that would put their rapid growth into motion. A young boy discovered a sword capable of generating large and vast amounts of electrical power, which magical researchers began to study in hopes of creating a new renewable energy source. In absence of the adventurers that used to protect them, a group of people created a volunteer makeshift city watch. The debate about adventuring was still up in the air, but the city needed protection, that much was clear. They formed the fairly childishly named Super City Guard Force, which would later come to be the foundation for the protectors of the city outright. Additionally, a humanoid automaton was found in the rubble of the guild hall. Though they were low on materials, this automaton was also studied in hopes to replicate these iron defenders for the greater good. Using what little resources they had, they began production, though no one would predict what would become of them when they were finished. Something within their programming caused them to awaken into sentience, and their population was born in the community as citizens. The community was contacted by a nearby city under the waters of the ocean the community resides near called Submersible. They weren't hit nearly as hard during the attack on Silver Start, even though they were close, and offered their help to repair their neighbor's home. With help from Submersible, the community began furthering their reconstruction, but there were still dark things on the horizon. Quite literally. A mass appeared on the ocean, unmoving and ominous. The community was unsure of its origin and intent, but they carried on nonetheless. That was until beings began to emerge from this mass. These humanoid aquatic horn beings were worrying at first, but after speaking with them civilly, the community learned that they were creatures from the Abyss looking for a new home. The Abyssals were accepted into the city, lending their aid in building as well as some of their magic and resources for the challenges to come. Despite some strain on the relationship between their group and the community at the beginning, they would come to be an important part of the city. Soon after, another rift in reality appeared, and people came pouring out of it. They came from an unknown place, but they were unsure how they arrived. 
They brought with them mobile buildings, able to float and move with magic. They were also looking for somewhere new to call home. After their home was destroyed by a cataclysm the people hesitate to even speak of. These people, known as the Drifters, would settle in the community and happily provide tips on everything from building homes to government before, eventually, they become permanent residents once their Terran reality closed behind them. The community, at this point, had its fair share of visitors. However, this was only the beginning. With the drought community of the nearby Clamrock Crag, the exclusive Dryads and Seder community in the forest to the south known as the Maplefeather Tribe, the seafaring mages of the Seven Seas, and the traveling researchers from the northern settlement of Amber City, they had their hands full trying to make allies tough as it was. All of these groups would form bonds that created this city, and they were all integral to its growth. The Drow were not immediately fond of the community, but with a little help from a particularly friendly automaton named Corbin T, their leader, Enzo Ebenwood, would come to appreciate its diverse and welcoming people. The forest community chose to stay separate from the city, but was connected by the marriage of their leader to the Princess of the Abyssals, Lady Princess Fillory Gorsagath. It only gets longer from there. The mages of the Seven Seas were quick to be accepted for their knowledge and kindness, but the people of Amber City were a mixed bag. The initial group was kind and helpful and made excellent pasta, but it wasn't long before criminal adventurers from Amber City made their way to the community and tried to place themselves in charge. However, the community had its own leaders. The man leading the way in forming a new government was known as Mayor Mayersburg. Note, he was not the actual mayor, that was just his legal name. He was quite protective of the community, which made him popular among the people, but another man was privy to Mayersburg and his true intention. When the body of a local man, Cularius Idarius, was discovered dead, the community didn't know what to make of it. But Detective Conan Gaspacho was sure that this was no accident. This was murder. The SCGF was leaning towards accusing an ambassador of the Abyssals, but Conan was quick to try and clear the ambassador. His investigation led him from person to person, witness to witness, but very few leads were revealed. That was until he managed to track down their killer, a hired mercenary. The SCGF told the detective that it was over and they had caught the mercenary, but Conan couldn't stop there. Something more was afoot. Someone hired that mercenary. He followed the money and found the true killer. But the truth was more frightening than fiction. All this time, Mayersburg had been campaigning for the official mayoral election proposed by the city, and he stood unopposed except for one surprise opponent. Detective Conan Gaspacho. The detective shared his findings as he launched into the race, revealing Mayersburg's conspiracy to kill one of their own and blame the Abyssals, effectively ending their alliance. He speculated that Mayersburg was protective of the community, so protective, in fact, that due to his exclusionist ideology, he didn't like the newcomers that were making their home here. Conan told the public that he fought for truth and justice, and that the community should be protected the right way. He promised that nothing would stop him from defending all of the people that called this place home, no matter where they were from. Conan Gaspacho won the election, and Mayersburg was banished, only to be caught stealing the Sword of Electric Power and thrown into the Abyss as punishment. It was at this point that the community decided they needed a jail. 
a place to hold dangerous criminals and rehabilitate the minor offenders. The community prospered under Conan's leadership. The SCGF grew to be a force that the people could trust, the rebuilding efforts continued, and the people were beginning to look to the future. Conan was guiding them through, trying to foster a sense of justice in the community. But he wouldn't get that chance. While trying to reason with the criminals from Amber City, Conan was killed. The community was shocked. And though the criminals were forced out, the repercussions of what they had done rang throughout the community as they continued to debate adventuring and its consequences. A new government was put in place, a council with representatives from each community that made up the city, the Council of Pi. Under the council, the city fostered a place of kindness and acceptance, doing their best to take in whoever needed a home, even if it came with a cost. They created a strong pride in their community that was being built even during only the first year. Despite their hesitance to trust adventurers, they welcomed travelers, especially those who brought help with them, such as the alchemists that brought them the Stone of Transmutation in order to help with building materials. They accepted the alchemists with open arms, unknowingly accepting a mysterious curse as well. In the midst of the city being rebuilt, a young girl began her own efforts in adventuring. She was adamant that adventuring still needed to be part of the city's future, despite the mixed feelings that everyone had about how that turned out for them previously. Her efforts were fought by the community, driving her to carry out her dream by herself. She gathered her fellow adventuring enthusiasts and tried to begin a guild, but was quickly shut down by the people. She then led their group out of the community to investigate a mysterious light behind the waterfall, and they all disappeared, along with a number of researchers that went to find them. Though she and her band disappeared, some people still had the desire to adventure. While the city stirred over what they should do about adventurers, three drifters formed a party and ventured out on a six-week journey north. They returned with a fourth member and news of a settlement that was protected by a white dragon to the north. They planned another, more diplomatic journey, this time with the accompaniment of two members of the Council of Pi. Unfortunately, the group left in the middle of winter and never returned. The rest of the city was faced with a choice. They had been plagued by those who attempted to save them, and while all adventurers were not bad, they couldn't shake the distrust after Final Bastion and the death of Conan Gaspacho. With their conflicting feelings, the remaining council made a controversial decision. Adventuring was made illegal, and adventurers were not allowed into the city. The new legislation was passed, and despite the indecision, the city agreed. After this, winter comes and goes. The city, despite its challenges, maintained its strong foundation built in only a year of collaboration and community. The people came together to make a home for everyone, and the bonds that connected them held the entire city together like glue. It is because of these bonds that the city gains its new name. Union City. Thank you.